Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath, B2B marketer, sport card collector, and investor in professional wrestling fan. What is up, everyone? I hope everyone has had a nice start to your week after probably an abbreviated holiday week. I know it's always hard to get back in the groove and get back going, but I wish you well. I think it was a different Thanksgiving for for me specifically. It involved uh, my wife and I driving to my parents, picking up food, doing the uh, curbside service, saying hi and going home. Uh, my wife had worked the COVID clinic the Wednesday before uh, Thanksgiving, and we just didn't feel like it was worth putting anybody at risk. That's what you do. It's a weird year. What are you going to do? But we still had a really nice day, got really fat. I, Oh, man, I got to tell you, I the dessert, man, that might be, uh, you know, pie. You, you got pie entering the mix. I mean, what pie should be something that, should be in the mix, I think, year-round. Maybe it is, and maybe I'm just not hanging around the right circles, but I'm a, I'm a pie guy, I got to tell you, and every time it comes out on Thanksgiving, I get excited. You know, you got the pumpkin. There was this chocolate mousse pie that my mom packed in our little uh, care package that was just off the freaking hook, and I just I can't get enough of that. So shout-out to uh, all those people who house some pie, maybe with some vanilla ice cream on top. I know I had several calories, several thousands of calories, and that's the goal. Put as many calories in the bod as possible because you know what? We've earned it. And you know how we can get those cows off? Just a little fitness, a little fitness, so looking out for yourself. It's not that hard. Um, so I think I've, I've been um, back in the groove. I've been just trying to get back structured. And as I record this, you know, I record these episodes on Saturday. Man, I got my ass put to work today. Um, I was cleaning out the garage. That is not a fun task. I got to tell you, it was like, take everything out, clean everything, figure out what needs to get trashed, what doesn't. Just put in the work. You know why? I'm putting in the work so I can sit here and talk to you and talk about sports cards because life is one big compromise. And that's what I'm talking about. And I'm learning. I'm all learning along the way. But I've got so much to talk about. Seems like everything in the hobby is bubbling up. People are excited. People are fired up about new products coming out. People are excited about basketball coming back. We've got football. I have just the volume of activity that I've been going through and in and, and, and is an all-time high right now. It really is. And I just want to share some thoughts like I always do on this Wednesday episodes of things that are on my mind that I think would benefit you, the listener, and um, really I've been appreciating all the engagement as always and all the support. Some of the things I'm looking to get accomplished during this uh, episode. So I just want to share some current observations of the haps, what's happening in the market. I want to talk a little bit about my process and what I've been going through to obtain big cards. And I actually posted in my Instagram story, hey, let's take some questions. I, I need to do a better job of that. Um, so taking some questions from you and I gotta be honest when I posted that in my story, 
And I hadn't looked at it up until me sitting here recording and I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed by the volume of questions and I'm not going to be able to get to everybody's questions on this show, but I'm going to think of ways to make sure I can respond to all of those. So if you submitted a question, thank you so much. If I don't get to it in this episode, I will get your question answered. I promise you that I'm overwhelmed by the volume and just in an a show like this, um, I could be sitting here for several hours. And I will also say I cherry-picked. I cherry-picked like four that looked relevant um, to talk about. Not saying not all of them were relevant, but I cherry-picked four. I didn't really overthink my response because I like to be a little off the cuff. You know that. But we're going to get to those at the end. I want to kick things off by just kind of bridging two worlds that I think about a lot. And that is music and just, I've expressed my passion for music. I'm a vinyl collector, not just a sports card collector, but I'm a vinyl collector. I I do not like people shoving music in my face. I do not like the radio. I don't like mainstream music. I think it sucks. I think it is lazy. I think people sit there and just have it force fed and that's all they know. And it's really sad rips out rips a piece of my heart out that just what what is being put out there that I don't think is very good music and but that is what everyone is being told this is what you should listen to because it's mainstream baby I'm not not I'm not about that I'm about the digging I'm about the searching and the discovery and the finding the bands that exist that rule and nobody knows about buying their records and supporting them I'm really about that and so I think like I bring that up at the top because, you know, the way I operate in the hobby is in the information that I'm consuming is is way less like from a, a music perspective, like going in at a big amphitheater and listening to a band everyone knows and there being 60,000 people there. Like I would much rather be in a small club, intimate setting, consuming music from a small independent artist um, who has got really good music, but might not have the resources to, you know, blow up, if you will. So I was thinking about this like perspective I have when it comes to consuming music. And I, I try to draw parallels to what's happening with me in the sports card market. And I think like there's this one side that is like the mainstream hobby content. And it is the stuff that is being force fed to the masses. And that's coming typically on platforms like YouTube and it's um, integrating into social media channels. It's the stuff that feels very buttoned up, maybe too buttoned up and very produced and over overproduced, maybe corporate, I think, if you will. And I've heard that from people. They feel corporate. So you've got this corporate side and then you've got this other side of people that are very good at gaming the system. People are good with digital tactics and know how to build followings but might not have substance to back it up. So I think I, I look at it and I, I see basketball coming back and I see these platforms kind of sitting up there and just shoving information down people's throats. And I, I just immediately take a step back, much like I do when I'm consuming music or searching for music and just say, you know what, that's not for me. That's never been for me. And nor should it be for anybody who is um, trying to think deep and strategically about their business and about the way they operate with sports cards. You can't do what everybody else is doing, especially when the message is coming from somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about. 
who's just trying to get you there to capitalize and monetize off of you being there. I'm not trying to hate on people trying to make money in the hobby. I think making money in the hobby is certainly healthy, and we all try to do that on a day-to-day basis. However, you become fraudulent when you don't know what you're talking about, and your perspective is to drive people to buy sports cards and to create new markets that didn't exist before you started to talk about whatever your take and messages on hot sports cards. So that's what I'm saying. I'm not about that, never will be about that. And there is a two different worlds, people that are lazy and want to go consume that content and want to be told what to buy. And then there's the people that listen to Stacking Slabs who are proactive and fired up and passionate and excited and are collectors and want to be in the game because you like making a little money, you like being ahead of it, but you also like collecting. You like to be three steps ahead of everyone. So that like that perspective, I think, is really, really sound. And I think you can disagree with me on that. You could be straddling both lines. That's fine, but that's not for me. And you know what? It's my show, so I'm going to share with you my thoughts and my feelings. Um, it is this. This is just something that I continue to see, and especially as basketball is coming back and people. The market is stupid right now, and some of the things people are doing is just absurd and beyond me. Um, I just like I have a lot. I being in this game and being in this market for you know this year, like I've learned a lot and I've evolved. And so, what I do on this show is share those evolutions to me to everyone. And it's you don't have to take it for exactly what I'm saying. I'm not telling you to go do this or go don't do this. I'm just sharing what I'm seeing in those observations. And if I didn't feel strongly and passionate about it, I wouldn't be bringing it up in the show. So with that being said, just be cautious, be careful, keep working on your program, your process. Don't just take information from people who are sitting out there who are trying to make money off of you. It's ridiculous. Like It's bad for sports cards. These people aren't good for sports cards. I'll say it right now. It's not good. It's not good because there's churn when people sign up to these programs and there's churn when people aren't able to sell their card in time and they lose money off of it. So the people leave the hobby and they don't stay. The whole goal of stacking slabs and the whole goal of what we're trying to do here is to get people to stay in the hobby and be educated because the more people who stay in the hobby, the more money all of our sports cards will have in value. We don't want churn. We don't want just this transactional mindset. We want passionate fans. We want passionate collectors. And we want people to bring that passion to the hobby. And we want it to mean something and stand for something. And that's what I'm about. And that's what you're all about. I know that because of all of the freaking questions I got when I posted one thing up on my Instagram story about, hey, I got some, let's let's take your questions for today. Overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed. And the questions are so amazing. And that's why I'm going to find time to get to all those questions because I know if you're listening to Stacking Slabs, you are in the freaking game. Let's go. All right. So a couple things. I watched an incredible, speaking of music, I don't know how I never seen this documentary, but one of the things my wife and I did on Thanksgiving was we watched the Elliot Smith documentary. If you're not familiar with Elliot Smith, go check out Wikipedia, read read a, read the bio of him. His music's incredible. I remember in college, it was in the days where you could download music off of everybody else and it ruled. It was like 
incredible. It's just like downloading everybody in your dorm room. There's a guy named Tom and he had his, his handle on our, our tunes, which was our like intranet that we could download all of our music off of each other. Uh, his collection was unreal and I got exposed to so many awesome artists, but Elliot Smith was one of them. And I'll never forget downloading Elliot Smith's XO record because he had the whole collection and I downloaded it all and I put it on and it stopped me in my tracks. And Elliot Smith is a just an unbelievable story and a sad story too, but his documentary is fantastic. My wife and I um, watched that on Thanksgiving and I've been just spinning Elliot Smith ever since. So beautiful music, one that I just, from the top, just want to shout him out. Um, another thing I want to talk about is just my mental state right now with the Indianapolis Colts. I've been getting a lot of questions on this. I will say I'm excited. I'm also very cautious. You know, before, as I'm recording this, we've got another battle on our hands with the Tennessee Titans. We've got a lot of people out. We've got COVID divorce. Buckner's out. He's a linchpin of that uh, defense. You know, it, it's going to be a tough game um, for sure. The Titans are a tough team, but I think. I, after that Green Bay win, like I'm really excited. You know, I think I look at the AFC and you just look at, you know, Pittsburgh and just what they've done. And people want to call them underrated or overrated, whatever. They they played the games that are on their schedule and they've won ten of them. The defense and just what's happening there, along with the offense. Um, it, I, I just on the defensive side, uh, one thing I'll say is uh, Fitzpatrick, man unbelievable that the Dolphins let this kid go. I mean, he just makes plays every time you turn on the TV and they're usually going to the end zone. So he's a hell of a talent. Steelers probably have the best ride receiving core in the NFL. And it's weird that Juju's probably third on that right now, but he's incredible. So I don't know. I really like what the Steelers are doing. And then, you know, obviously you can't talk about AFC without talking about Patrick Mahomes and good God, this guy is just an animal. Give him the MVP. You know, you know, I'm a Kyler truther and a Kyler apologist, but give Mahomes the damn MVP already because he is beginning to play in a way when I was, when Peyton was playing, where it was like every year you, you try to have to find an argument not to give this guy the MVP. That's how good freaking Mahomes is. And my goodness, I, that is one thing that, man, I wish I could have gotten in the Mahomes card game earlier, but just, he is a special freaking player and so much fun to watch. But yeah, I'm very optimistic about what's happening in Indianapolis. I, I think, you know, barring uh, some of these uh, injuries that are popping up, w- hopefully we can get through that. But it's an exciting time, uh, more or less, to be a Colts fan. Transitioning into basketball, I think basketball is back just in less than a month. And I think we should all celebrate that. I think, you know, I go back to what I was talking about at the top. You got mainstream platforms creating their own markets. Okay, so I got a text message from a friend, and I'll keep that friend anonymous. Um, he's, he's out there listening and shaking his head, and he knows who he is. Um, but he, he sent me a text message from a group he's in, and it's one of these platforms. And we're not going to mention platforms, the name specifically, because we don't want to give them any publicity on Stacking Slaps. But the, the, the pitch on what you should be buying was around cards of second-year stars in markets. And by the time I got done reading this terrible, terrible take on buying these cards, you just got done with it. And you're like, this dude is literally trying to create his own market through his followers and people that are paying for him. And then he's going to sell they're all going to sell off and then that market is going to be dead. Like that shit sucks. 
Like that is like not that is like bad operating. That is bad. It is bad to create your own markets. It's bad to have people that are paying for you to uh to to be a part of your service to like go buy into this and then everyone sells it. Like that is bad. It is like it is bad when affiliate links are all involved in your pitch and stuff. It is bad when you're pumping your own cards. Like this has to stop. And this is this is getting worse than ever. And it'll only get worse. I think people are following what's hot. That's like such a short-term mindset. You'll never be in the hobby for the long haul if you're in it for the quick flip. The, like buying a card for $200 and then crossing your fingers and hoping that this card goes to $300 the next week and selling it, like that is a dangerous game. How, that's not fun. That sucks. Like, I don't know how, like, that. there's so much risk opportunity for that. Like, I, that's, that's not what I'm about. Like, that, that's not enjoying the hobby. That's trying to make money and hoping for the best. And I just, I'm seeing a lot of that just across the board. And I think there's ways we can just be doing better, but it's hard to do better when you've got people with platforms telling you to do this stuff. It's, and that's what I'm saying is like, don't listen to those people. Like, don't like. And I know like I'm speaking to an audience here that I know are educated and I know are probably saying, yeah, I don't do that. But like if you are out there and you're getting wrapped up in that, like just take a step back and reevaluate why you're doing it. Because chances are long term, you're probably not going to benefit from it. Like I am like a a believer now more than ever in life and especially in sports cards like you can't just sit back and let it come and be successful. You have to put in the work, put in the hours, got to do the research, build the relationships, build your process, find your spots. Like it is lazy. Like laziness does not end up with long-term reward. That's what I'm saying. I think people who lead with prop profiteering over passion, they get squashed. You might not feel like you get squashed in a moment or maybe in a season, but you're going to get squashed. What I'm doing, because I know like people are spending absurd amount of money on like NBA role players, third guys on teams, young guys, unproven talent. Like I'm capitalizing off of this. I like, I told you all, I put my money in, uh, put a bunch of my base rookie cards, sent them over to Starstock. I like was like, oh, sh-, like I have a bunch of rookies in Starstock. Let me just go see what I can do. I spent 15 minutes, just 15 minutes going through my base cards. It might not even been 15. It was like 10 minutes and just sell, 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 sell. I looked into my account after I had over, I had 155 bucks from just base cards that I didn't care about that I then transferred into my PayPal account. So I'm trying to capitalize on this. Um, I think it's also, there's opportunity to double down on current investment that you have of players that you believe in that people might not be paying attention to yet. Like for me, it's Sekou Dumboye. Like I'm trying to find opportunities where I can double down on my investment there. I think the other thing is, is like prison, prism cards, especially like prism base cards. They're, they're such a commodity and um, those cards are going up first. And so if you've got those cards, like those are, and you don't care about them, like sell those cards. It, it really is. But then find opportunities on, on a, in other sets of cards that might not have jumped yet. Um, you know, I'm seeing just people grasping for straws. And so I got a text message from my, my friend, Andy, sports card investigator. He, uh, I know had bought, so he had texted me a while back about Christian Wood. 
and he bought the he i know i think he has some christian wood degrading well this guy you know some people might not even know who christian wood is he gets signed by the rockets all of a sudden his donruss base card is like selling on ebay for like 70 bucks a pop it's like what is going on here it's like this guy signed this contract he's you know logs some minutes but not like an from an ex- extensive extensive uh minutes in this card this guy's cards base donruss cards are going up to like 70 bucks a pop i think it's crazy I, i'm like i get questions all the time about like f- f- every day from about players and their cards and who i like and whatever and then i see this stuff and i'm like i i just i can't i can't wrap my hand, head around it and i think operating with a, a better's mindset will help you will cause you to lose because everyone who bets like not everyone but most you you end up losing like i did on thursday right i put my uh i put my parlays together for thursday the thursday games and you know i missed because of terry mclaurin not getting in the end zone you know and it's just tough it is tough to win when it's a betting market and this is very much so this is this market we're in it feels like vegas at times so it's like my my mentality is like be careful I think it's human psychology for people who want to gamble and take big bets. But my question back to you is like, is, is this fun? Is this really what you want to be doing um, in the hobby? And I think like there's an element of like betting, which is fine and taking some risk. Like I did it at the beginning of the year. I bet on four football players. Three of them didn't work out. And one of them did big time. And that was DK Metcalf. And I profited big time off of the, three other players and DK just because one hit. So I think it's like, make sure you're protecting yourself, especially as we're entering back into basketball and basketball is like, just like craps. It's like playing craps. It's like, it feels good for a while. You're talking with a bunch of people that are winning too, but then it falls off really quick. Um, I think like my mentality is I want to cut out all the fat out and buy, sell and trade rare collectibles that I know are going to hold value and isn't reliant on insane the insane market moving and speculation. There is a difference between cards and collectibles. Like there is a difference. They might all be cards, but but you cannot sit here and tell me a Donruss Christian Wood rookie card is a collectible right now. It's not. It's just a card that is influenced by crazy market dynamics. So be careful. That's the message. Be careful. And speaking of being careful, I'm going to shout out the Instagram account of the week. Shout out Yamwax, who got it last week. This week, my man, Conrad's underscore sports cards. If you follow this guy on Instagram, he's putting in work. He is a super passionate dude about just basketball and evaluation and players. And I say, like, yeah, not everyone out there is a pro scout. And we're not. But I think if you have substance and reasoning behind why you think what you do and you present your information in a way that's helpful, there's a big difference. And I think my man Conrad sports cards did it, does that. And the reason why he is the Instagram account of the week is because he cracked my shit up and he cracked a lot of people's shit up in the hobby this week because he used a little satire in a video to, to really put an account, and that account won't be mentioned here because you don't get airtime on my channel, baby, but we all know who it is. Go go check out at Conrad's underscore sports cards. He put this account on blast. This is an account, this is an, an account I have blocked 
and you should block too because it's a fraudulent account of a kid who's trying to take advantage of people and make money. And you know why we're, I'm confident about this? Because I, there's enough people, if it smells like shit and it looks like shit, it's probably shit. And some people are tired of it. They're digging in. Burner accounts, hyping up his own cards, taking other cards and posting them as his own and trying to sell this subscription service that's a bunch of freaking junk. So my man Conrad went out there and just did a beautiful job of putting a satire video together and putting this guy on blast. And it's good. It's real. It's authentic. And we all need to be, there's no regulation in this market, right? People are not only acting corporate and building platforms where they're bringing in people because they have the money to invest in digital tactics to suck people in who are oblivious and then go talk about buying second-year cards and creating your own market and yada, yada, yada. You got that shit going on. Then you got the underbelly of the underbellies going on where people are sitting there just trying to be fraudulent and take advantage of people. Not on our watch, right, guys? That's what I'm saying. And gals, come on. That's what I'm saying. And so I just wanted to shout out, and I think well-deserved account, not only well-deserved for this video and this post that Conrad put together, but also this kid is putting in work, man. And I can I can see it every day, and it's a, it takes time, it takes energy, and just shout out to you, brother. So go hit follow on Conrad's underscore sports cards page. Um, definitely this, this kid is putting in work when it comes to like doing due diligence on people you should be buying and people you should not, maybe not be buying. So go check out his account. I think the number one thing that really I found over the last few months, and I put this out in a, 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 a message earlier this week, is to find people that collect the players that you do and build relationships with them. You think you know everything about your favorite players' cards until then. Um, Wait until you meet a fellow player collector or two. The stories that become out of that that relationship is really the fabric for all of this. And I, I think that is really true. Like, and I I can talk about Peyton Manning. And I, I had operated in buying Peyton Manning in a silo. Like I really have. I, I mean, the, I talk with my brother about it because he's a Peyton Manning collector, but I'd never really spent time with Manning collectors until recently. And inspiring. Um, is one word, passionate. Um, I am so fortunate that Kevin, the captain, 37, put the Peyton event together. And the Peyton event was just my favorite thing that I've been a part of in the hobby since I've been back. Everyone went around, talked about their top 10 Peyton Manning cards and told stories about why those are the, their favorite cards. And it not only exposed me to new Peyton Manning cards that I didn't exist, but it exposed me to new people that have a passion for Peyton Manning like me. Um, and it's amazing. I'm going to shout out these, this, everybody involved. So Kevin to captain, uh, 37, the trader, Joey Northwoods card collector, Jordan, the couchman underscore sports card, Chad cards of B tracks, Braxton, SMR card collection, Seabass, Wordle combat, Paul, and Pokey Patch Auto. I didn't get Pokey Patch's name. Slide in my damn Pokey Patch. Um, but we all got into this room and we never met each other really. I knew some folks. I knew Jordan just from interactions. But man, we got around and we started to talk about our Peyton Manning cards and followed up. And it's just been so, so much fun. And people ask me, it's like, hey, like, are you worried about 
these people wanting the same cards as you? No, like I'm actually excited about it because it gives me the opportunity to communicate with them and make sure we're not bidding up each other. So I think that's an advantage and something that like you all should be um, thinking about, thinking about how can you align and build relationships with people that collect similar players than you, like are deep in the game. And I think the more we connect and align with people that are about the cards and players we're about, the better off and the more positive energy that will be created in this hobby. This is what it's all about. There's so much passion. There's so much energy in it. Group chats. It's the special connections. I want to shout out Fresh Be Ballin' Sports Cards because my man did a little infographic of his top five sides of it in his hobby. Um, and I think that was uh, that was just fun. I've talked about it on an episode, and then I look pull up on Instagram, and he put his top side top five sides, which I'm going to shout those sides out. Crossover was one of his, his sides. So we all watched the crossover on Friday nights. Uh, Shayway Vlogs lives. Shout out there. We got a Hobby Hustle guest there on Friday. Be on the lookout for that. It's going to be a fun conversation. Collections from users, checking out people's pages and collections, DMing, and also card ladders. So he is a fan of what uh, old Chris and Josh are doing over there. So good, good shout out to that. But I think that is so cool. It's like somebody took the time to like put their sites together on a little infographic uh, for their page. So shout out to Fresh B Ballin Sports Cards. I talked about uh, Starstock at the top. Literally like Gave them my cards. Now I'm making money off of my cards. And those those are monies that I can take and go buy big boy cards. And so um, I talked last week about the promo code, stacking slabs. Definitely use that. First deposit, $10. I think this is the time. If you've got cards from last year, basketball cards, like be proactive, put them, send them over to Starstock and get to selling. Also get to buying too, right? Deposit some money if there's some cards in there that you want to buy it's a good it's a good time to do it so always shout out and shout out to card ladder everybody knows i'm a big advocate of card ladder day doesn't go by that i don't jump into that platform and get my hands dirty and obviously fresh b-balling sports cards is a fan of card ladder too so if you're going to check out card ladder you want to sign up use my link tinyurl back.com backslash stacking slabs i gotta tell you i think i got worked uh, this past weekend, I thought like I was watching Survivor Series and I was like, man, they're leaving the taker segment for the end. Probably rightfully so. Like, is the fiend going to come out and attack him? And no, it was it. That was it. It was the final farewell to the Undertaker, one of the greatest, if not the greatest character of all time. And that was it. And so I just wanted to take a minute just to salute Mark Calloway, The Undertaker, just an icon of the business. This guy has been through it all. And I've been just spending so much time uh, over this long weekend just watching old Undertaker matches and just appreciating his work. There has never been a better character, that is for sure. And it's it hasn't really hit me yet. It, it really hasn't that it's over. Um, but I'm sure it will sometime soon. But I just, you know, I appreciate greatness. And... He certainly is someone who is great. He is someone who 
was in the business for as long as he was playing a character as well as he did and performing on the biggest stages ever, he's iconic. And I'm glad I have some Undertaker sports cards. I really am. Or sports cards, wrestling cards, I guess you call them. Um, Because he's an icon to me. Um, So shout out, Taker. Shout out all you Taker fans. I mean, I'm sure we could get together and talk about The Undertaker forever. That is certainly um, something that is would be fun. I'm sure we'd all share stories. And the other side on the wrestling front is AEW this Wednesday. As this episode is launched, winter is coming. God, I'm so excited. We got John Moxley, AEW champ, defending the title against the best bout machine, Kenny Omega. So I am so freaking thrilled. I'm so thrilled about that and just everything that is happening on the professional wrestling front. I want to talk a little bit about entrepreneurship. I I think it has been a theme that has been coming up. I think it is something that as I think about the time in the hobby and what I'm doing, I think there's a lot that can be learned from starting a company or if you're thinking about starting a company, a lot of just the daily grind and getting your hands dirty, building process, like a lot of these Skills are transferable if you're in the game in the sports card market to going and building a company. So, like, I have software as a, a service experience just on the SaaS side, like startups, start from nothing, build it up, create, try to make money, um, identify problems, build solutions for them. And I think there are so many people in the hobby that I've, um, I've sat back and watched them operate, and it could be, you know, Chris and Chris and Josh on the software side with card ladder. It can be, you know, got a dealer like MC Sports Cards. It can be breaking like um, you know, Chris at Top Shelf Breaks. It could be, you know, on the content game like uh Andrew and Cage, who I on last week. It's like so many people are treating their lane like it's their own business and they're trying to build something, create audience and provide value. And I think like that is the fun part about the market we're in and what we're doing in sports cards. And I think the more people that can be thinking with an entrepreneurial spirit and flexing into that, the more creative ideas and the more cool shit's going to pop up. Um, I think what I, what I put out there is we all cut, we, everyone has this aspiration to be your own boss and like, Getting your hands dirty and operating in the sports card market can help sharpen the skills needed to start a company inside or outside any industry. Um, we, you can't take the daily grind for granted. Just like treat people well and think like an owner, dream big. And I think what I'm doing on the sports card side is really making me better, not only in the hobby, but it's making me better professionally. I think it is. It, a day does not go by where I think about the amount of hours and energy I put into sports cards, whether it's creating content, whether it's selling, whether it's thinking about my next buy, whether it's communicating, building relationships. Like, Think about all that you're doing on a regular basis when it comes to the sports card market and like congratulate yourself, I think. Congratulate yourself on that work because it's not easy. It's fun, um, but a lot of it, like putting a submission together, it's a lot of work. It's, you know, waiting for that submission. It takes patience. Like there's so much and so many factors, I think, when it comes to the sports card market that will make you better if you're thinking about building a business within the sports card market. 
or it'll make you better if you're just thinking about building a business outside of the sports card market. So I think everybody should just like continue to flex into this think like an owner mentality, this having an entrepreneurial spirit, this most importantly, treating people well, creating good customer experience and service for the people you're interacting with. I'm really passionate about that. And I think the more people that can be passionate about this, the more innovation can come out of it and the more cool things will pop. So I'm always going to be talking about this. And if you've got ideas and things you're thinking about, like, let me know. I'm happy to always be a sounding board and talk to you about those ideas. I think that is super and critical. And I think we should all be collaborating on it. One thing that happened to me this week was I bought a, I had a big boy purchase. There was a big card that I finally captured. And I, I was thinking about like when I finally won the card and it was via auction, the best way to win cards, right? When I finally won this card, I had to take a moment and take a step back because it was a card I was after for a while and think about, you know what? This all might make 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 up for good content on the show and give people some perspective if they're thinking about targeting a card. So when I sent my cards into PSA, I knew knew I needed submission and buying card or submitting cards to be a part of the strategy, but I didn't really have focus on what I was going to do with the cards to come back. Early stage Brett operating in the hobby. People were submitting. I knew I needed slapped cards, but I didn't know when like I did it you know, six months ago, like were these cards that I was going to want to keep to hold or were they going to be cards that I wanted to sell or what that looked like? So this was the time when I was still buying base prism slabs. So that was like forever ago, it seems like hobby eternity. Um, I complained about, I complained a lot about how long my PSA order took. You heard about that. But I think that might've been the best thing possible for me. It gave me time to identify who I am, why I'm here, who do I collect? And when I identify who I wanted to collect, it really helped simplify everything for me. Um, it helped me think about like what my, it helped direct me and give me goals. Well, it also helped me think about everything else happening around me was really just to, were, were moves that I was making to get assets that I could sell back into the hobby. And I think like timing is important, but I think what's most important is having goals. And when you have a goal, making your decisions based off those goals, and that helps alleviate some of the stress that you might have when you're thinking about buying or selling a card. So when I got my last PSA order back, I went to town selling it. DK Metcalf was a big part of the order. I sat in I had in my PayPal account more money than was normal in my PayPal account. And I'll say it was that money in my PayPal account lasted longer than any dollars of that that amount had lasted in my PayPal account for a while because I was able to be patient and I was able to be thoughtful and I was able to pick my spot. So what I did, I went through self-evaluation. I, I went through everything. And the thing, I don't even think twice about those cards that, that I sold. Just any of those cards I sold. They're gone, out of sight, out of mind. I don't care if they went up. I don't care if they went down. It doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that I have money in my account that I didn't before that 
uh, is money that I can go buy a card I really want. And I did. I bought that card. So I'd been watching an auction and I did the old sniper attack. Um, I, I, I won a Kyler Murray rookie ticket, BGS 9.5, just a card I really wanted. It's the, I love the contenders rookie tickets. Obviously I would have liked to crack dice instead, but Hey, beggars can't be choosers. I don't have that kind of capital yet. <laughs> what a beautiful card. There is one out there, but man, I'm really fired up about this card. It is as I was thinking about what do I want my Kyler PC to look like before the end of the year, that card was certainly on my list and I'm so fired up to have it. But in order for me to get it, it took patience, it took sales, it took it there was a lot of action. So I just wanted to like share that with you all because let you know like some big cards that are out there like might not be as unattainable as you think they are you just kind of have to go put in the work so make sure you're building your process you're thinking about it and the more you're doing that the more fun you're going to be having in the hobby all right how about a little question and answer time let's go all right so i am looking at these questions for the second time all right here's the first one. First question comes from Sporto Cardo on the Instagram. What up, Sporto? How are you doing, brother? Question: If money didn't matter, what cards would you add to your PC? Well, Sporto, I think like immediately there are so many cards that I think about that I want when that question gets presented, but like I try to I think I try to focus in on just players that I'm currently collecting and make it a little bit easier. So if I look at Peyton Manning, I think I'd love for, I talk about the Kyler, I'd love for the Peyton Manning rookie ticket to be in my possession. And talk about freakout moments. The E-Trader in the Peyton Manning session had one and showed one camera and I almost freaked out. Couldn't believe it. It was like, I, he went up before me and then I had to follow that. I was like, are you kidding me? But that card is just so money and iconic. That is certainly a card I'd like. And another one, just I'm a gold and I'm a gold vinyl freak. I love the gold. Um, I think Kyler Murray gold vinyl prism is one that just, that card is gorgeous. I just, uh, I showed off my, I've got a Pete Manning version of the gold vinyl from 2019 and just, it is a stunning card. So having the Kyler Murray one would be in my possession. There's so many more and I could go on forever, but good question. All right, the next question comes from an account that's getting a lot of shouts on this show, but Card Porn. Card Porn, what up? The question is, if you could change one thing about the hobby, what would it be and why? Great question. I think my, my uh, probably some sort, I would, th- it would, it would have something to do with the infrastructure of the hobby. It would have something to do with building certain segments to help satisfy the needs of every type of participant that is in the hobby. And I say that from the perspective of like what I'm about in the process that I'm building. I know there are several other people that are doing similar things where they're submitting cards and they're getting the cards back and they're selling those cards to go buy bigger cards. And then they're, you know, they're trying to move up the ladder. Like I would love to like be aligned and be communicating with more people that are like in that mindset and that approach. And 
Um, all the other stuff about like the reactive and picks of the week, that stuff, like you could like, that stuff could just like be eliminated from my sports card world and what I'm living in. I would be completely better off for it. So I think like, I, I don't, I don't mean to say segregate the hobby, but I think we're, there are so many different types of collectors and investors that we're getting to the point where we need things in place to connect us to more people like us and less like general, oh, we collect sports cards. Like, I just think there that's that next evolution. So that's what I would change. I would, I would try to create structures and systems to connect people that are looking to find people that are operating more like them. Again, there's probably some technology that would be in play to help facilitate that, but that would be something just right off the top of my head that I'm thinking about. Next question comes from a, a Jordan Northwood card collector. Shout out. He was in the Peyton Manning top 10. He asked me, are there any sets that you are looking at now that you didn't know before? Um, and I'm assuming he's referencing the Peyton Manning cards. I don't think I'm necessarily looking at different sets or things differently now, but I will tell you that, and I said this during the um, Peyton Manning uh, session, that I am very much so like trying to look at what LeBron James collectors are doing in regards to LeBron James cards and mimicking that and seeing if it works on the Peyton Manning side. So like one example of that would be like, buying low pop serial number cards of Peyton Manning refractors that are, you know, let's just say from finest or Chrome from like Oh three to 10 and um, like getting into that game because like, I know LeBron collectors do that and it just makes sense where it's like they're low population. They're beautiful cards. They're, um, cards that are always going to be in demand they're scarce like so that's what i've been doing recently is trying to attach myself with more buys on card sets that might be a little more popular but still aesthetically pleasing low population um but great freaking question i love that one my next question comes from a longtime listener uh, my man japes 3522 he asks what is the actual percentage of people who pay for service and investment tips? That is a great question, but there's enough of them out there because they exist. My like general take on this um, is that I think a lot of them are kids. Um, they're younger that 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 buy into these programs, and then the other thing are they are people that jump in and join these programs because they. Are ser- hear about sports cards from a friend, Google search sports cards, then these platforms optimize SEO to show up when people are searching and then they get in their sales funnel. And then I hope then when they evolve, they realize, all right, this isn't for me anymore. And then they leave. But I don't have an actual percentage of people who pay for service, but I think there's enough of them, obviously, that these platforms exist. Um, so I think what we can do just as a hobby and community is we can just continue to share our message and share our stories and let everyone know that like, we don't pay for picks and we're having fun 
Um, we're, we're thinking we're doing the work. And I think regardless, like you're never going, like, I don't view it as like, I'm here every day and I'm going to try to stop this problem. I'm just, I'm here every day and I'm just trying to let people know that like, if you, if you're passionate and you work hard and you care enough, like you don't really don't need to, um, pay for somebody else's picks, but good question. If anyone has any further information or data on that, I'd love to know. Um, all right. I want to close out with this one. I think. We're at the point, I talked a lot about different camps, different groups of people, but one thing I put out there that I just wanted to reinforce on the close is no one has ever been a part of a market this dynamic in the hobby, and it's easier for it's easy for members to reject legacy mindset, and it's even easier for legacy members to reject new mindset. We're all operating with different intentions, so let's find that passion and build community. That's, I think, a really important message to close with we're all, we've all got different goals. Like we've all got different intentions. So let's do whatever we can to be open-minded and let people talk and operate how they want. And if, if the goal here is just have a conversation, if someone wants to have a conversation with you and share your perspective, you should be delighted by that and open to that. So I hope that there was a lot talked about on this show. I hope you got some value from many of the topics that were talked about. If you did respond to a question, I'll definitely try to figure a way to uh, answer those. Sorry, I couldn't get to everyone's. Everyone, thank you so much. I love all the passion around this show. I love all the passion around what you do. Um, that We're only getting better. We're just getting going. There's a lot more to come. Make sure you take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. I'll be back on Friday. You know that. New episode. Talk to you real soon.